Hey everyone, it's me, the Herdman, back at it again, and this is G's for Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. What's going on? How is everyone today? Alright, as for me, I'm doing great. I can't complain. I've been moving along on my COD Battle Pass. I, we're just a few weeks away from Loki. I mean, how can I can complain? You know, things are going well, right? And as I mentioned this week, this week's a little off, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do things a little differently this week because I'm, I, I got really busy. So especially for today, today is a little slower of a news week. So I I figured we'd go right back and do a favorite segment of mine called freestyling. Uh, that's again where I just basically do whatever I want, say whatever I want, uh, based off of a certain topic. And today is gonna be an especially fun one because today we're gonna talk about some of my favorite memories back in the day. We're talking Nintendo, we're talking Sega, we're talking Super Nintendo, Neo Geo, you name it. Okay, I could go on forever on this subject, but really, just for today, I want to talk about my experience with the original NES. So, I myself was a young lad when I first got my NES. I can completely remember how it happened. It was, of course, my grandma who bought it for us, for me and my brother. I remember the day I was up in my room, and... She called me down, she was watching us one day, and, and she had the box, and I freaking lost my, I lost it, man. I was so excited. I grabbed it, I opened it up, uh, my brother wasn't home yet, so I just tore that thing open, uh, plugged it into the TV, and, and got going, and man, it was a freaking just beautiful thing. It was a beautiful experience to get that very first console ever, and the first thing I did was plug it in, and Turn it on, and what happens? You got your two main games showing up. You have your option. You can either play Duck Hunt or you can play Super Mario Brothers. And back in the day when, when NES came out, if you wanted to play Duck Hunt, it actually it had the little uh, uh, gun, the light gun, I think it was called, that came along with it. So, uh, first of all, Duck Hunt, fun game. I mean, for the most part, what you end up doing is just taking your gun and putting it right up against the screen, shooting it, shooting it, shooting it. Uh, it was it was fun, and uh, you know if anything that that damn dog would always just piss you off, right? If if you missed a duck, that thing would pop up, start laughing at you. First thing you'd want to do is start shooting at that thing. I had a blast with Duck Hunt. Uh, got many many hours of my life taken away because of the time I spent on Duck Hunt. But there's something that was a little better, and that came in the form of Super Mario Brothers, which still to this day is one of my all-time favorite games. Not even for nostalgia purposes, but just overall fun and repeatability. I mean, you couldn't have had a more brilliant game to go with the introduction of the Nintendo Entertainment System. And the hours that I spent playing that game and trying to perfect these levels you know, uh, whether it's level one, just breezing through it as fast as you can. Then all of a sudden, once you get that done, it comes down to, okay, how many gold coins can I get? Can I get all the gold coins? Can I kill all the Goombas, all the turtles? Then all of a sudden you get to level three and it's, okay, uh, can I, let's see if I can jump on the turtle at the very end and just keep on knocking it, knocking it, knocking it until I get infinite life. I, there were so many little hidden uh, gems to that game that it just you spent hours on it. And you could just do that, and you'd be perfectly fine. And and that's how it was for a while, you know, because back in the day, we had to raise our money in order to get new games, or we had to wait till Christmas. And when I got this, this was probably around the beginning of summer, and so I had quite a ways to go. And uh, fortunately, 
The other thing that you would do when you were a kid was if you had a certain game, you could trade it with one of your friends. And that's what we do. So sometimes I would trade one of my games for another friend for uh, for like Punch-Out in exchange for Excitebike, things like that. And that's how we used to do it. It was either that or, or going to the video game rental place. Um, and back then it wasn't even Blockbuster. It was just just the local place that had shelves. I mean, the guys that the people actually knew who you were. I mean, that's how local it was. And, um, you know, that's that's how you got your games. But, I mean, you had Mario Brothers. But throughout the time that I had Nintendo, I mean, I, there were so many other games that I freaking loved. Uh, as I mentioned, Excite Bike. Excite Bike was just, I mean, it, it was basically, it, it's such a simple concept of just having this little stunt bike guy going down the ramps. And just going off these little jumps, going off these jumps, trying not to wipe out. You're going super fast. You can accelerate. You can decelerate. Go up and down. You do do uh, acrobatics on there. I mean, that game was fun as hell. I mean, you had Skater Die. Uh, Skater Die was like the introduction. That, that was before Tony Hawk came around. And I mean, for the graphics being as bad as they were, I mean, you'd still have to, especially you do different competitions in that game. And one of them I can remember was the half pipe. And you go down, and as you're coming up, you had to do a certain combination in order to hit the the, um, uh, the the trick. And man, that was a hard game. But you know, in between that, you'd earn some rewards. You go to a skate shop, and then you got the guy that's got like the mohawk and stuff, just talking, like trying to sell you sell you things. And man, I pl again, I just played that game forever. It was awesome. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When that came out, it was this. We're not even. This is pre-arcade, so the graphics are really crap. But I mean, I remember going through that with a little pixelated guy going down, just kind of fighting. I mean, the first time they actually showed the turtles when you're down the sewers, it was the first time actually the the graphics kind of looked a little more closer to the Super Nintendo and the 16-bit versus the 8-bit. Uh, they did a really good job with that one. I had a great time with that one. Uh, then we get to two of our, you know, two of the big gems here. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I mean, this was like the first name brand game that really hit the spotlight. I mean, you've got superstar Mike Tyson. He's at the pinnacle of his career. Heavyweight champion. He's kicking everyone's butt. Everyone loves the guy. And all of a sudden, he just brings out not only just like some, it's not even just some cheap, like, boxing game. This was a quality game, and it made sense. You started, it wasn't like, oh, you, you're playing as Mike Tyson, you're killing anyone. No, you, you start off as Little Mac, and you have to make your way up through the ranks to get to the very end where you can actually fight Mike Tyson. And the way that they, you know, had the, the degree of difficulty, starting with Glass Joe, and basically you give him a couple punches and he gets knocked out, then all of a sudden Don Flamenco, then all of a sudden you're getting up to Super Macho Man, then you get the Bald Bull, I mean, it just kept on going up and up and up, and it was fantastic. I mean, the controllers were were flawless. I mean, just moving around everything, there was nothing wrong with it. Uh, the little cut screens when you got uh, his coach and his, or his trainer and little Mac on the uh, bicycle. Now, uh, one guy's riding his trainer's riding the bicycle. Little Mac's in his little pink outfit running as he's going across the New York skyline. There, just just perfect. And the very end to go against Mike Tyson was like, if you could do that and you could beat him, I mean, you were the greatest person in the world back then. I mean, no one would believe you if you said, yeah, I beat Mike Tyson. You know, I, I, I won the game. No one would believe you. 
because no one could ever get that far. It was that difficult. And it was that, you know, it actually even think of the degree of difficulty. I was going to talk about two of them. Um, before I get to this last one, I mean, Mega Man. Mega Man is single-handedly one of the toughest games ever created. And it's such a simple concept. Uh, you jump up and you're shooting. And so you're, you're basically timing your guns as you're shooting against all the, uh, the robots going against Dr. Robotnik. I mean, that was just something that you try to play against now. Uh, it, these kids, are, they're so used to 3D and moving all this stuff. You put them in, you know, put a controller in their hand, tell them to play Mega Man, Mega Man 2. They're going to get pissed off because that is a hard game and that takes some skill. And that's what it was about back then. I mean, you couldn't move around. It was like you had 2D and what can you do with it? And some of those developers did an awesome job with it. And to cap it off here, I mean, we got Contra. Contra came out and that was your, hey, it, it really made people remind me, it reminded me of like Predator. I mean, you got your two, you got your two military guys basically going up against aliens within, within Earth, on Earth here. So you're, you know, they're running around as you're going, you're upgrading your gun. You can shoot diagonal, you shoot up, diagonal down, straight, up, down, things like that. You got the enemies flying all over the place. The big baddies basically just one half of the screen, just shooting all this different ammo, uh, weapons at you, bullets and fire and flames. And man, it was just so much. And, you know, it brought, it brought you the Konami code, which to this day is still being used in a lot of games. And for those who aren't aware of, you will recognize this probably up, up, down, down, left, right, BA, select, start. And man, Contra was awesome. I even liked Contra too, but Contra really got it going. And again, you get, that was probably one of the best two player games that they had for Nintendo in my, in my opinion. Um, it went, again, worked flawless. You didn't have to worry about anything crashing. You worked together. You could help uh, revive your guy if needed. I mean, it was just, it was brilliant. Um, and then you have like your accessories that came with it too. You had your power pad and basically your power pad, I mean, think of the game Twister. You got all these little dots here and, but the dots contained little pressure points here. And so as you're, you're jumping on them with your feet, it's almost like you're clicking the A or B button and that's how it would respond. And, and the main, the main game that came with that, I believe was track and field and yeah, it's silly, it's a, but it was a, it was something different. I mean, Nintendo brought it out, and they're like, "Here, go after this. This is this is something that we haven't done before. It's interactive. It's basically virtual, like it's virtual reality. It's it's augmented reality where you're you're participating by using things other than just your thumbs and your uh, you know to move around the joystick." So it was it was very smart marketing on Nintendo's. They you know, they brought in something that had never been done, and. Talking about virtual reality, augmented reality, they, they did the same thing with this power glove. Uh, the power glove, for those who don't know, was an actual like glove that you would put on, but it also contained like a controller. It had some motion detection on there as well. Very crude, but but brilliant for its time. I mean, it had one game where you'd move it around uh, as you move your hand around, the, the hands moving around on the screen as well, and you could shoot things. Great concept. I mean, again. I mean, this is this is the the bean that starts it off. You know, this is the brain. You know, the, the one little inception point that someone eventually turns into. Hey, this is what Oculus is going to be like. This is you know, this is what PSVR is going to be like. You know, it's just you know, Nintendo grabbed all these concepts. They attempted them at a very early age, 
it's a shame that they you know kind of dropped that but at the same time they realized hey we're gonna let smarter minds go ahead and do this we're gonna focus on our bread and butter and they've been very successful with that you know and honestly it's like i still dig nintendo every time they come out with a new console i'm very excited about it um i was really you know i got in line i remember being in line at three o'clock in the morning to get my wii and use that for a bunch of years uh, the Wii U was kind of a cheap knockoff. I wasn't impressed with that one. And then the Switch came along. And the Switch has been super, super popular. And for good reason. It's something that the other competitors aren't using. You know, you can't easily just take your PlayStation and and undock it and move it somewhere else and get the same experience. Sure, you could do remote play, but you're, you're really kind of stuck with the internet connection that you have. And wherewith you got your Switch... You're walking around mobile. It's got the Wi-Fi to it, so you're basically your your level of play. The uh, the experience is not changing. So Nintendo just keeps on trying to innovate themselves. Uh, I think for this next version for the Switch, they're looking to bring in 4K. I think it's more of an upgrade to the hardware they already have versus adding anything new. So I think it's going to be another probably like five or six years before we see anything kind of new innovation-wise coming to uh, Nintendo. Whether that's again some kind of accessory to the Switch. I, mean, I give them credit for trying to do the um, uh, the switch uh, where they build you build different objects out of cardboard and then you use the switch controllers to to turn that into kind of like a an interactive tool. Um, it's a great idea. Again, didn't didn't go for a uh, whole far, um, but again, it's a, it's all about innovation with Nintendo, and that's why they've been so respected. They've been so successful because they keep on taking those chances, and sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't, but that you know they're going to keep on doing it, and it's a smart model that that they should be sticking with. And from all of this, you know, it all stemmed from the NES, and the NES will always hold a special place in my heart. You know, that was the start of it all for me. You know, it was uh, the first time that I got my first console. I was hooked. I mean, I I subscribed to Nintendo Power, which was their monthly magazine that would have previews of new games it would have tips about games you already had it would have interviews uh it would have the the comic nester at the end there it was fantastic you know and i I don't know if they even started republishing those or not but i mean it was great for for an eight-year-old kid man dude that 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 was fantastic to get that in the mail i mean that was that was so much cooler than what your parents are getting you know and Man, I was the first one in line to go see that movie, The Wizard, just because I knew that they were going to give me the first glimpse of what Super Mario Brothers 3 was going to look like. Again, Nintendo tied that stuff in. They knew how to market to the people that were playing the games at the time. They took full advantage of it. Obviously, you got Sega that came in a little later. You got uh, Sony and, and Microsoft that ended up coming in. But at the time... You know, Nintendo was king, and that's how they treated it. They, they treated the people good. They didn't produce a shitty quality product. It was above and beyond anything could have, anyone could have expected. So, man, what can I say? I, you know, I can only hope that, that you all get to, to have that same experience that I did that very first time. You know, and, and if you did, awesome, man. I, I Go ahead and email me. Email me. Tell me tell me what it was. I want to know what it is. Share, share your experience with me because... I love being able to share this kind of stuff with you guys. You know, it's uh, one of my favorite things just to do this freestyle and stuff. I got lots of stuff, lots of stories to talk about. So, you know, you can bet that I'll be doing more of these in the future. You know, and finally, I just, you know, unfortunately, I have to go on a little downbeat here. Uh, A heartfelt farewell 
to an actor from from you know growing up here an actor called charles groden you know you probably for younger guys probably wouldn't wouldn't know who he is you would recognize his face if you saw him you know he unfortunately he passed away yesterday at the age of 86 so nice long life for him um most of you again you won't know who he is unless you're a gen xer like myself mostly just with the name itself um, he was in movies like The Great Muppet Caper, he was in Midnight Run, he was in the movie Dave, um, and then he was in the Beethoven movies. So if you ever, you know, as a kid, your parents ever popped in the Beethoven movie about the uh, St. Bernard dog, and he was a dad in that one. He went on to do some uh, other TV work, he did some uh, television shows, things like that. But uh, again, just, just one of those actors that when you're a kid, you recognize someone that's kind of an older actor. And that's going to stick with you. And someday for, for you younger guys, that's going to happen too. You go, oh man, this guy died. I totally remember when he was in this movie when I was like a kid. And that's what it was with me for, for Charles Grodin. So, you know, thanks for keeping us entertained. And, and thanks for the memories, Mr. Grodin. We will miss you. Uh, hope you're enjoying time up in heaven there. So, like I said, I don't want to put out a downer. You know, this was a good time. I'm glad we were able to talk about this. I could share these experiences for you. And you guys got a super duper extra long episode because I don't know how to shut up. <laughs> but that's going to do it for today's episode. You can catch me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Twitch. And you can look me up on TikTok and Twitter as well. Just search Herdman22. Be sure to tell your friends about the podcast and give us a like. If you have any questions, stories, comments, send them over to me at therealherdman at gmail.com. Have a great hump day, my friends, and we will see you soon. I'm out of here.